Thank you for joining us today on the Summit Global Investments podcast. I'm Bryce Sutton, Managing Partner with Summit Global Investments. In our last podcast, Dave Harden, CEO and founder of SGI, along with Kim Schooler of Wealthwave, explored low volatility investing and the why around the creation of SGI. Today's podcast is a continuation of their discussion as they dive into what SGI did in preparation for COVID-19 within clients' portfolios and how SGI continues to navigate the uncertainty in today's investing environment. So back in January 2020, when this was just hitting, how did SGI react to that? Well, it's kind of been like a Chicken Little story in the sense that we felt like Chicken Little at the time, and now I wish we would have done even more. But in January, when we started following the virus, um, I, the team and myself, we were reading everything we could. And we really felt like the economic impact, I mean, we're not obviously epidemiologists, uh, nor, nor experts in medical or health, but we really felt like the impact economically was going to be very significant. And the reason we felt like this is because of the numbers, even though they were somewhat couldn't be trusted, but out of China. So if you look at China, we compared it to SARS. And during the SARS virus outbreak, which is another coronavirus type of, uh, of virus, it only had 800 people affected. And it only lasted for about six to eight months at the most. And it, excuse me, 8,000 people plus uh, were infected and 800 some odd people actually passed away. So its mortality rate was 10%. It was, very, it was a lot higher than the current COVID-19. But you looked at China and how many people lived in China in the cities at that time, and about 40% of the population lived in the cities, where today 60% of the populations of China live in the city. Back in 2003 during SARS, China represented about 4 to 5% of the global GDP. Today, China represents about 18% of global GDP. And so that's a very important distinction that we felt like, one, it had an ability to sw- spread much more. Its impact on China and how they were shutting down things would impact industries much more because of the supply chain involved, because of China being the number one consumer of energy and oil we felt like these would be very big impacts. And then the last thing that we really were worried about in January was the travel. During the SARS outbreak, China traveled, so many people flew on planes. Just in the week of the Lunar New Year of China, they had nearly 100 times more people travel. 100 times. And so the ability for this to spread exponentially across the globe because of these travel, um, we felt like were significant. And so we decided in January to start limiting exposure to energy. We sold all of our energy positions. We sold all of our airlines. We sold all of our cruise lines. We, it, we sold Nike, which I think is a very, very well-run company, excuse me, Nike, which is a very well-run com- company, great management team, but it has 18% of revenues that come from China and it has supply chains in China. 
We sold McDonald's, which has restaurants in China. We sold Starbucks, which had 4,200 stores in China that were all closed. Anything that we could feel like had exposure to COVID-19, we wanted to eliminate in the portfolios, and we did. Looking back now, as we got ready, we raised cash. We were at our highest cash levels, sometimes in our funds. Uh, these are mutual funds. They had 10% of cash. And, um, you know, you're, you look back and you go, boy, I wish I would have even done more. So we did very well when it hit the U.S. We were really ready. We had practiced as a company working from home remotely throughout January and February to prepare for this. Um, we had put infrastructure in place, and there hasn't been a person besides myself in the office, you know, since the 1st of March. And so we really prepared very well organizationally in the portfolios. But looking back now, it's like one of those things, like I said, you wish you would have done more, you know. Um, we can't short energy for some of these portfolios, but boy, I wish you could have, or, you know, 100% cash for other people. But that's not what people hire us for. So, um, you know, we've been very actively managing through this crisis where we find companies that aren't performing or maybe not going to perform very well. So we would sell out of those companies like I described. And then we would look for opportunities. We're in companies like Walmart. We increased our holdings in Amazon, which has done very, very well. We bought and were holders of Clorox before January and then after in February and March and increased our holdings there because we really felt like these are companies that would do really well in the crisis. And sure enough, Walmart's had a 20% increase in sales in March, for example, in 2020. Clorox is, you can't find it, you know, it gets put on a shelf by somebody and they, they take it immediately. So it's very, very hard. Their sales have been through the roof and it's kind of a new world. Never again are you going to live without some type of cleanser. <laughs> You're going to always have hand sanitizer on hand, right? So these are very important things that we did pre-crisis and that we're kind of doing during the crisis. And, and the significance is here. The last week of March in 2019, there was over $200 million spent that week on movie theaters across the United States. That same week in 2020, there was only there was less than $5,000, $5,000 spent on movie theaters in wow. the U.S. So it's had significant hit to our economy, um, and we can get into some of those things in a minute, but hopefully that shares what we did uh, as we reacted and why we re reacted to this uh, virus. Well, you know, it's really interesting that you all saw that uh, this was happening back in January and made those adjustments to your portfolio at the time, you know, not knowing whether it was going to be another SARS, what exactly this was going to be and whether it hit the United States. And it's really good that you all did take all of those steps, but we're still, you know, a few months since January. And I don't know that there's any more certainty in the world. So how has SGI you know, navigated through this time of uncertainty, and what advice would you give um, investors? And that is an excellent question, Kim. We are continuing to look at our portfolio on a, every second, every day, and say, how do these stocks get impacted? Which ones will get impacted worse? Why will they get impacted? 
and selling out of companies that we feel like have extra downside risk. We still have zero energy exposure, even though it's almost, I mean, if you go to Costco, they'll probably pay you to fill up with gas and give you a gift card and maybe some toilet paper. But the reality is, is that, you know, with energy so low, we still are not involved with energy. And it's only about two and a half percent of the S&P 500 anyway. So, you know, it's not that important of a place to invest. But as you look, we're still taking advantage of good companies. Um, you know, about about 60 days ago, we bought Teladoc. It's been a very good company for us to own uh, that allows, you know, telehealth and et cetera. Um, it's up over 50% and it's done very, very well. So you continue to look for those companies, run them through your four steps of your process, make sure that they're appropriate for the portfolio and then add. And then the same thing when you find companies that are not performing as expected or they are not doing well because of COVID-19, those are companies or industries that you need to avoid. The advice I would have for investors is many investors and advisors, for that matter, that work with investors um, have not been through such an environment. They maybe weren't investing in 2008. Um, maybe they didn't have money, so they weren't investing, or they were younger at the time. Or maybe they weren't in the business, some advisors. And so when they fill out risk profile questionnaires, they would say, hey, yeah, I can handle a 20% decline. This is how I feel. This is who I am. And now they've actually been through it. So my advice to investors is, how did that feel? Does that feel good? Does that feel comfortable? Are you okay with that? Then you're probably in the portfolio you need to be in. And patience is a virtue. But if it didn't feel good, if it felt worse than expected, if you're still nervous about it, then maybe some adjustments need to be made. Maybe somebody needs to be more aggressive or somebody needs to be more conservative, and that's okay. It doesn't mean they're... You know, they can't handle it or they're not good. It means that it's right for them. Everybody has these different situations and different goals. And so we need to, as advisors and investment managers, we need to meet those goals. So my advice is to, you know, reach out, talk to your advisor as an individual investor. Reach out and talk to your investors or clients as an advisor. And make sure that everyone's on the same page. And if you need to make some adjustments, that's, that's absolutely okay. There is nothing wrong with that. Let's make some adjustments. Let's get what's right for you right now. And I think that that will be great. So um, the other thing that I think is, is, is like all of us think is, obviously, this is an important time for America to stand together. And so we need to do what we can in the sense of whether that means that your, your local government is saying, hey, uh, you know, have space and stay home or whether or not it's so masks for your local healthcare uh, professional that you may know. And so we'll get into those things, but I think those are all things that some, what people can do. 